I know this guy, and he knows spells that last for days. A dark power. He deals with magic, black stuff, dangerous. Is seducing Willow. She's acting different. She's not herself. Are you okay? Just relax. You gotta give a little to give right? An all-new Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to the Idol of Ufdar, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 6, Episode 10, Wrecked. We will be talking about Paul. We'll be talking about characters. And hey, we'll be talking about drugs. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. Come on, guys, it's podcast time. Do you want to record a podcast or not? Wait, what? I gotta go. Listen, welcome back. <laughs> you gotta go. I gotta welcome go. Welcome back. To this podcast. She's left the building. Her CNN is now. <laughs> My name. It's Kelly, and I am here to talk about Buffy, not Sesame Street, or people being in the room or not, with Stacia, my first co-host, wonderful co-host, say hello. Hello. And Daniel, my other co-host, say hello. The only thing better than listening to a podcast is doing a podcast. Mm. Mm. That was, yep, that, that's the PG version of that line. Uh, it, but yeah, what, what episode is it? It's episode 10. It's wrecked. It's and wrecked. It, it originally aired on November 23rd. 27th? Yep. 27th of the year 2001. We're going to get it together. Uh, written by Marty Knoxon. This is 21 of 23 for her. Last one was Bargaining Part 1. And the next one will be Villains, which I believe is the third to last episode. I think it's Villains, Two to Go, and Grave. Yeah. Uh, directed by David Solomon. 12 of 19 for him. Last was All the Way. And next will be Hell's Bells. Uh, what happened in this episode? I mean, we picked up right where we left off. Right after the, the house had been fucked down, uh, Buffy and Spike awake in the rubble. Uh, and they almost get along, and then Spike has to say some dumb shit and piss Buffy off, so she storms off and goes back home. Uh, well, I guess we open with uh, Dawn and Tara waking up from the couch and nobody being home because Buffy's in the fucked down house and Amy and Willow are doing whatever they're doing. Whatever it is is probably not good. Everybody comes home. Uh, Tara's like, this is awkward. I gotta go. And uh, we realize that nobody was home with Dawn all night. Whoops. Oh, well. Not a big deal. Uh, Willow is... Out of magic. I didn't know that could happen because we don't have any lore about magic in this show. But apparently you can run out of it. And when you run out of it, your only option is to go to a drug dealer. I mean, warlock. I mean, magic dealer. Whatever. Uh, at the advice of your now ne'er-do-well friend. Amy the rat? Sorry. No, that's fair. I was a rat. To re-energize or re-up or whatever. Get felt up and then have magic crackles on you. I don't really know. Uh, what exactly happened but we can talk about that so willow gets all juiced up by this drug dealing magic dealing warlock iraq uh and she starts seeing these flashes of this demon while she's all high and stuff uh spike and buffy fight some more about whether or not they like each other i guess i don't know willow gets too high and then she the the high wears off and she doesn't like that so she wants to get high again but also she feels bad that she neglected dawn so she takes dawn to a movie or she's gonna take dawn to a movie but doesn't actually take dawn to a movie instead she goes to get high again but dawn is in her care and then the demon that she thought was only in her trip is real and attacks dawn and willow on their way 
home. I don't know. And uh, then Willow has to steal a car with magic because that's what you do to get away from the demon. And then wrecks the car. Hey, that's the name of the episode. Uh, and then, you know, Dawn gets hurt. It's not a good look for Willow. Buffy's mad. Uh, and Willow is sobbing and needs help. <laughs> is that about right? <laughs> that must have been the worst plot ever. You've seen the episode. It's fine. You know what happened. When when did the building fall down? Mostly Willow does drugs and then feels bad about it. We go through and like uh, the first time you've ever done drugs to immediately you hit rock bottom and through <laughs> to intervention in one episode. And we'll discuss whether or not that was good pacing. Uh <laughs> Things that happened in this episode. That's not true. We already talked about that. Fun facts. Uh, the book that Xander's reading in the Magic Box is Tobin's Spirit Guide, which is the same book that Giles used in Revelations to research the Glove of Minigon to frame Never mm. Forget. Uh, but it's also a real fictional book. Uh, it exists in the Ghostbusters franchise. It's the oh. book that they consult to do Ghostbusting. So sure. that's pretty fun. I like why that's interesting that they chose to pick a book that's from a fake place. Also, I'm guessing someone was a Ghostbusters fan. That's yeah. probably the beginning and end of the reason. <laughs> uh, Jeff Cobra's back as Rack. Yeah. Uh, I would like one of you to tell me who the the name of the character he played last time and what episode it was in. It was in it was in um, uh, Buffy's birthday episode. From it wasn't doomed, right? Not doomed. Mm-mm, no, it's the one where she goes into the house and there's a I vampire see- and she's lost all her powers. Blessed, beloved, B starting with B B nope. B. No. Do you remember his name? No, no. Mm. Okay, you both failed. The episode is helpless from season three, where Buffy turns eighteen and loses her powers because Giles drugs her for the Crucimentum or whatever it's called, uh, which is like the Slayer test, and he is a uh, demented vampire named Zachary Kralik. Didn't even have to look that up; I just knew it. But you'll never know if I'm telling the truth, because this is a podcast. In amongst Willow's magic stuff, the chest that she goes through, um, you know, when, or rather that Buffy's going through to figure out what Amy took, just looking around, there's a box from, like, oh, so when Amy, you know, is in the house and Buffy, Buffy storms didn't in. Buffy go through it. Or she just looks at it. When we yeah. pan to yeah. the chest that Amy has gone through. Yes. That's the right order of events. When we pan to Willow's chest that Amy has dug through. Yes. Inside that chest, there is the gentleman's box, that wood box that um, they trap mm. all the voices in. Mm. And I'm like, that shit was destroyed. <laughs> you guys, I know you're just like putting stuff in here from that you have hanging, like laying around the set, but uh, there's a very- How dare you? <laughs> very clear shot of Riley. We even make the joke that Riley smashes the wrong thing first and then smashes the box. And then that's how Buffy gets her voice back. It's kind of the crux of the whole solving the- the problem. Do you think Willow hunted down another box to become a gentleman? <laughs> maybe. Why not? She's clearly doing shit in her spare time we are not <laughs> privy to. So maybe that's her final evolution as a gentleman. Ugh, Willow, that'd be awesome. How creepy Crazy, would yeah. that be? That'd be awesome. Her just like floating through an eerily quiet town. And uh, bummer, this episode is dedicated to J.D. Peralta, who is a personal assistant to Marty Noxon, who was personal assistant to Marty Noxon, but she died of cancer in November of 2001. So right before this episode aired, uh, she was only 30. So like That sucks. Yeah. So moving right along. What did you think about keep this episode, light, Keep it light. Keep it light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, this is not my favorite episode. 
Yeah, is that why? Um, the pacing for Willow's storyline is too fast, and somehow it feels like that doesn't take up a whole episode, and yet nothing else happens. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to explain that. No, I mean it's it's the focal point of the episode for sure. I mean, there's like I said, a little bit of a spike in Buffy stuff, but it's mostly just Willow suddenly uh, and unfixable addict <laughs> yeah <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere i mean i know we've been treading towards the dark side but like this is yeah but i guess it just... just also seems like the actual scenes when she's like in the room with rack is like two minutes and somehow like when you step out of the episode you're just like huh how did that take 45 minutes to do <laughs> you know it sure did uh daniel what did you think about the episode uh i i did not like it at all it's like a it's a classic <laughs> bad buffy episode and i thought a lot about what that means and i'll i'll talk about it later on because i did delineate what i think hopefully for the future i can start to like have a, have rules for what is a good and bad episode of buffy because this one is a bad one for sure and i think it's like the willow is a drug addict immediately the, the pacing is terrible it's wild it's wild but then like you know the last five minutes of the show are fucking like i liked it you know i mean in my head it was like it was funny that allison hannigan is laying on the ground screaming for dawn because she's drugged out on magic but it was really affecting like i I, when she was like please help me please help me like they got all the language right about like what it is to be an addict or what that feeling feels like like i felt it i believed it but then i i remember it's just like magic that was introduced one episode ago fucking amy sitting here tweaking out and it's like she's been a rat for years how is she like (laughs) What is this? Like we've never seen any. Did of you it. not never detox in the last three years? Totally. Yeah, I yeah. just I don't I don't. And she's like having the cold sweats. Like she's, you know, um, what is it? Withdrawal. Yeah. I think Allison Hannigan acted the fuck out of a weird situation, and I thought Buffy's all black clothing at the end of the show mm-hmm. was fire, and like that was good enough for like this episode to like potentially get more points, but it probably won't. So and even at the end, like the whole Willow, like, would you rather be the plain old Willow or the super Willow? And, like, I thought that was a really great line. I thought that was probably the, one of the best lines of the whole episode. An episode that wasn't funny. Like, last time Smash was funny. And this one tried to bring the drama. And it just didn't have, I don't know, it just didn't have enough. Like, Smash was actually okay. This is bad. Yeah, I went back and forth a lot in this. I like, I said, this is actually pretty good. And I was being really charitable to it because Marty Noxon is trying to do something clearly. She's like, I'm going to bring the pain. And I just kept thinking about that her show, Unreal, um, that was like so dramatic and like that and that all made sense because that's like what that show was it was like very soap opery at points and I don't know but like it's there's a lot of challenging parts of this episode that like could have been good I feel like this episode falls prey to having a lot of potential like the storyline that we're doing doesn't need to fail it doesn't need to be ridiculous it could feel uh, organic and make sense but it just is not handled well and we're only on episode 10 man we've got 12 more we really could have like we could have skipped double me palace and flushed this out a little bit right like we could have we could have made some other things happen like and gone i i don't like nothing happens in the next episode either buffy's invisible ha <laughs> that's it like at least as far as i remember so it's like we could have stretched this out a little bit uh i think we've been doing so good this season yeah. doing little bits of Willow's the bad guy. And then suddenly they're like, Willow's a drug addict. <laughs> okay. Cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, we'll have a lot to, to talk about the, the rack stuff specifically because obviously that's part of the roughest part of the episode, I think, uh, just personally. But um, the problem with this episode is what's metaphor 
and what's not, I think. Um, because if it's just, are we supposed to think that it's really just magic or we're WB-ifying, sorry, UPN-ifying drugs? And I just needed to know more about drugs uh, in order <laughs> oh, <no>. to, <laughs> to know which was which. That's, no. <laughs> There's a difference between chemicals and drugs. If magic can be drugs, can't anything? It's true. We're not in that the Buffy true. world. It could literally we're in be anything. the friggin' real world, which sucks more than the Buffy world, possibly. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> so I started researching drugs. I literally just went to Google and typed in drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe inspiration will strike. <laughs> and thus created a Wikipedia black hole <laughs> oh, man. of sublinks. So we got to uh, Project Artichoke. <laughs> Naturally. Which um, isn't drugs, but it's kind of about drugs. So I like to set the scene. It is post-World War II. American scientists were like, hey, those Nazis may be bad guys, but like we kind of like what they did with that whole gas situation, except, I swear to God, except maybe we could do it in a way that's like not lethal and just like incapacitate our enemies. This is the wave of the future. At the same time, there is now this propaganda happening that communists can brainwash, this is happening in like the 50s and 60s, that the communists can brainwash their people and even American soldiers that go abroad and that's the only reason it's like it's comforting for americans to think this that like otherwise if you weren't being brainwashed otherwise why would you believe something that's so obviously evil right Mm -hmm. that obviously the common communist overlords must be brainwashing their populations or like there's no way that this would be spreading so you have scientists thinking huh communists can mind control (laughs) Oh uh, we need to catch up with that. That's going to be a problem. Also, what I'm hearing is that communists have a lot of knowledge about LSD, which we don't know that much about. Um, so I wonder if we could use LSD to control people's minds. <laughs> and so in August 20th, 1951, they started, the CIA started a secret mission called Project Artichoke. And basically, the CIA used morphine, LSD, um, marijuana, heroin, peyote, mescaline, uh, cocaine, basically any drug they could get their freaking hands on, on willing subjects, unknowing subjects, and coerced subjects, both within the CIA themselves as well as foreign nations. They would go to other countries and drug unsuspecting foreign nationals. To see what would happen to them. Cool. <laughs> it's real good. So, essentially, the, like, question that was, like, pushing Project Artichoke forward was, quote, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? Nice. Wow. So, I mean, you've probably heard about this, like, Manchurian Candidate, mm-hmm. MK Ultra situation, where essentially you're trying to make sure. some sort of, like, sleeper agent assassin that could assassinate, you know, someone that they didn't want. Or in these, because these documents, some of them were declassified in the 70s about Project Artichoke or possibly f- killing any U.S. agents as necessary. <laughs> this is, like, very shady, weird shit, whereas, like... It was dangerous to be actually part of the CIA because you never know when your drink was getting spiked with LSD. That's my drink. In addition to that, they also considered that maybe they could do something with 
viruses that could incapacitate people, essentially with some sort of like disease warfare. They said, um, not all viruses have to be lethal. The objective includes those that act as short-term and long-term long-term incapacitating agents so they were specifically looking at dengue fever they thought that they might be able to use that to like disseminate in um some countries in like southeast asia and use it to like quell (laughs) (laughs) any potential wars or uprisings or something i guess so this went through 1953 the director of the CIA basically stood up and said, what are you talking about? Illegal human experiments. Us, the CIA, a shadowy government organization, we would never do that to the American population. And it's a war crime to do that to foreign nationals. We absolutely would not do that. And then two days later, he approved MK Ultra, which was the project that preceded Operation artichoke so everything that you hear about all of the stuff where people are getting tested with like code words to be assassins and everything all of that led from project artichoke and all of the work that they'd done there and so much of it's really shady um and concerning because the cia director at some point throughout project artichoke's life was basically like this should never see the light of a day destroy all your records so most of what's been disclassified it's like only little pieces that are left because almost everything was destroyed while the project was still happening and of course because you're giving people massive amounts of lsd and other like psychedelic drugs the people that you know were dosed didn't really have any memories of what happened or had vague confusing memories or had hallucinations so they were like not you know reliable witnesses to go back and explain like what the CIA was actually doing uh the other thing that I thought was interesting one of the scientists involved in uh Operation Artichoke or Project Artichoke and then later later MK Ultra was this guy named Frank Olson he was a biochemical engineer or something and he was working on lsd and other drugs and one night at 2 a.m he throws throws himself out of a hotel window and commits suicide and i think like netflix did a show about this and everything but they did basically there's like i forget what it's called yeah a big conspiracy theory that it wasn't suicide it was murder and there was a question like when he died some they said it was suicide and then they came back and said it was like an accident but the coroner who examined the body was like i don't know what guy would jump over two beds naked through the shades of the window and out through the glass pane to commit suicide at two in the morning yeah like why would you who commits suicide like that so uh there's all these like suspicions that he knew too much and so the cia had to take out one of their own agents because of what he knew about project artichoke and mk ultra um but yeah, so I picked this mostly because I thought it was really interesting. They did a lot of work into LSD specifically. They really thought that LSD was like the drug that's going to get them what they're looking for. I wonder why. Because like, if you've ever done LSD, you would know you're not exactly capable of doing much. They didn't know that, though. I mean, that's the point of well, the test. Well, that's why it's so funny. It's like, why would you come up with this if you like, oh, okay, never no, mind. But we, we know now Wait. because of stuff like this. Yeah. They did a lot of tests I mean, it's, like, based on concentrations. Because LSD, you only need, like, a very tiny little bit to get you high. And Mm -hmm. so they're, like, messing around with, like, how much of a dose do I need to give you? And I guess, looking into this, no one's ever died from an overdose of LSD. Really? Like, on record, there were a couple people that 
thought they were taking cocaine, but it wasn't. It was LSD and like way overdosed. Whoops. And uh, they ended up having to go to like the ER and be on supportive care, but they like made it through. But essentially, you don't overdose on LSD, I guess. Hmm. It's a fairly safe drug, kids. <laughs> don't sue us. Heard it here first. <laughs> don't Timothy do Leary drugs. Don't yeah. sue us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, up until, like, the 70s, I think, was when it was finally outlawed in the U.S. from when it was, like, invented in, like, the 1940s. You know, scientists in the CAA and just, like, within, like, the general U.S. population thought that there were, like, clinical medical uses for LSD. Like, there was a period where they were, like, prescribed to um, couples for marriage counseling because they thought that would help them for some reason. So it was just really fascinating. Like, there's these old videos from the 1950s of soldiers that are, like, marching in their little ranks. And then they all take LSD as part of this experiment. And then they come back out, and they're all giggling, and they can't pay attention. They're, like, stumbling over each other. And they gave the drill sergeant LSD, and he didn't want to drill them. And one of, like, the higher commanders who wasn't on LSD was, like, a sober person, like, controlling the trial was, like, are you going to do – are you going to – gonna drill them and the drill sergeant was like you want him drilled you do it yourself <laughs> and then they had to talk him into it for like five minutes and he finally agreed and then after that he was just like could not handle it could not keep track of what was going on and the soldiers were just like laughing and giggling it was so funny um to think that like i don't know so many of our parents and grandparents were just out doing lsd for so, the good of the yeah. nation <laughs> oh my god yeah the government is shady and scary. Yeah. That's the takeaway, really. Yeah, but LSD, totally safe. Well, yes. and like with Buffy, it's like they, like I would say that the drug high is like an LSD, you know, psychedelic type of drug. But then Willow's come down is like fucking heroin. You know, it's like right. mm-hmm. maybe Rack's a CIA agent. That's what I'm getting at. He's working Clearly. for the CIA. He probably is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they know. Do you That's think why they're calling it now. Like, do we really think that the government's not still giving people LSD oh, and hoping on, something will happen? Stacia, <laughs> what? How dare you question the good the men US and women government. at the CIA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you? They live right down the street uh, from me. So if I'm not here for the next episode, that's true. <laughs> you that's know true. what happened to me. Well, I have to say, and this is completely irrelevant, but I was just like, Project Artichoke is like the worst secret code name ever. It's so cute. It's just not, it does not sound nearly as cool as MKUltra. Oh, well, yeah, no, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I thought about researching that one instead because it's um, got way more documentation, but also, like, it's so much more well-known. Yeah. And I'd never heard of Project um, Artichoke, because who Artichoke. the fuck has? Yeah, because who the fuck has? <laughs> and before that, the preceding, like, secret mission before Project Artichoke was something called Pro- Project Bluebird, which they were doing in the 1940s. So this is, like, deep, deep into the government's history that they just want to be able to control whoever they want to control. Yeah. And it's really scary that they were talking about, like, you can read in the documents, they were, like, zeroing in on people, and they're like, this guy's a heavy alcoholic, we'll put the LSD in his drink. And, it, and they were, like detailing out like why it probably wouldn't work to turn him into an assassin but at the end was like we'll do it if you want though (laughs) (laughs) it probably will work but we'll still do it for sure we'll we'll give it our best shot wow so (laughs) well thank you for that yeah you're welcome we always need another reason to distrust the government yeah you're welcome uh can i weigh in on this whole me wearing larva no No. um all right let's talk about the episode if uh if you're into that we can just leave Bye. All right. Didn't you already leave? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. she's Shit. already gone. <laughs> that's the next episode. Hey, yeah, that's just Daniel. Oh, boy. <laughs>
<laughs> this is our Giles Hour episode now. <laughs> right, right, right. The fabled Giles Hour. We'll, we'll Deep throwback. <laughs> we'll talk about what Giles is doing in England. Uh, voiceovers, apparently. <laughs> yeah, still doing the previously on. The subtitles credited or like had him as just man, and I was like, that's Giles. That's Rupert fucking Giles. How dare you? <laughs> okay, Don. Uh, Don's in this episode quite a bit. It's mostly yeah. Willow and Don. Yeah. Um, I I know we've already talked about this, but clearly I just need reminding. And also, uh, what would we be if we weren't just retreading the same stuff we've already said? So maybe it's time to reevaluate who takes care of Don. She's not the key mm-hmm. anymore. There's nobody actively after her other than the people that Buffy just introduces into her life. Uh, maybe we we don't have Don around anymore. Maybe we give her to her dad. And I think that's why I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. Okay, do you remember if there was a throwaway line? Because I think there was in, like, Bargaining Part 1 or 2 that Hank does know that Joyce is dead, correct? The, I mean, the only yeah, I time I so. remember is just waiting for a phone call right. from Joyce. Right, in Bargaining Part 1. Yeah, and that, that was the whole Buffy bot. You know, we made jokes about about that call. Oh, okay, well, so that, no, that, so yeah, that's, so that's in Season 5. That's right after Joyce dies. But at, at the beginning of this season, I'm pretty sure... They were like, uh, has Hank called? Or we were saying, you know, oh, I talked to him after mom died, but that was it. Like, something mm-hmm. like that. But I can't remember for sure. Um, do, I do think he's aware. I think so, too. So the question is, does he just not want to take her? Or is Buffy just really fighting hard to keep her where she is? I mean, I think they glossed over this a lot. I think, you know, realistically, depending on California's child welfare laws, uh, she's probably the legal guardian of Dawn, and that would have all had to have been worked out with the court, um, and that is why they need to hide from Dad that Buffy's dead. Right. And Dad's because a dead baby. Buffy's he's not dead. Coming, so it doesn't matter. He'll come take her. Well, yeah, but it just must, I feel like it must be that he just is not pursuing it, right? Because if he really wanted to take her, he probably could. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Buffy and her dad must have had a conversation that's like, I want Dawn to stay here. Dawn wants to stay here. You don't want Dawn. I'm going to be your legal <laughs> We know guardian. you don't want Dawn, Hank. Come on. <laughs> He's like, cool. He's like, fine, yeah. I'm in Spain. I'm hanging out. He's good. I've got my new family. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, this really brought to my mind, again, these kids are 20 years old, 21, maybe a couple of them. Uh they have a 14-year-old to take care of. And how insane this is. Uh, when Buffy's talking to Xander and Anya and she's like, you know, uh, Willow's a grown-up. And I'm just like, is she though? I mean, is, I just, isn't it unrealistic to expect that Dawn's going to have somebody looking after her all the time? Like, Buffy. Is that, I mean, this was in the early 2000s, not 2022. What do you mean? Or 2021, I mean, because it's November. Right, yes. <laughs> well, just this whole idea of, like, you know, adults in the past would have had kids when they were 21 and had a house and been, yeah. you know, like, that wouldn't have been unusual, whereas now, as our, like, sad failure to grow, failure to launch millennial selves, mm-hmm. who are 35, thinking, like, wow, a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's ridiculous, yeah. No, I think that's true. Yeah. That's your 20-year gap between this show and our time right now. It does. Yeah, it does feel even difference. weirder. But I mean, like the latchkeyness part of it, you know, just like letting her be. She doesn't need to be supervised all the time. But of course, you would expect her to be home. I mean, someone she, to be there at night. You know, 
She's old enough to be a babysitter. So yeah, I know. I don't really know why she needs a babysitter. No, and we I had that conflict true. last season where we were like, didn't really know how to. Is she ten or is she, you know, yeah. thirteen? Like, what? There's a big difference between those ages. Um, I think you're right that she probably just doesn't need anybody around, and it's kind of weird that. But it's. I think it's because of Buffy's, you know, calling mm-hmm. that it becomes an issue, right? It's like. A normal 14-year-old can be home and probably even at night by herself, no issues. But it's like demons may come and attack you because it's Buffy's house. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not that often that demons come and attack in her house That's like true. unprompted. And vampires can't get in. So if she's home, That's she's true. as safe as I think she could be. And, like, the reality is if demons attacked and Tara was there, would the outcome be any different? What's Tara going to do? I mean, she's good. Yeah. Yeah. But- She's used an one act spell in her life. Yeah. <laughs> she's not, she's and she not will doing use anything. it one time and then never, ever pick up the spell again. So, yeah, she's, yeah. she's worthless. Completely forget it exists. Yeet that in, in, out into the ether. <laughs> Yeet, the <axe>. Yeet it. <laughs> Yeet the axe spell. God. Mm, too old for the slang. <laughs> Willow, Willow, Willow's a grown up. We all make choices, we all screw up. We all go cross the line sometimes, and isn't that okay? Because uh, we, we, we make amends, and, it, and it's fine in the end. No, Buffy's that was a different speech. episode. I can smell the sunrise long before it comes. So during that conversation with, with Anya and Xander, and they are in it so briefly, but it, like Anya already gets like the, the one funny line about Martha Stewart delivered just perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Buffy's little, clearly I'm talking about Spike and me, and, and you know not about Willow, but... I think she might have a little bit of point. I was I was really trying to like pull myself out of the the show and be like, how would me, I, me person at twenty one or twenty years old handle this situation and what's going on? It seems so out of character. Like Xander and Anya say, she's acting different. Like you have to re- realize that. Like that's not season one Willow Buffy. This is not season one Willow. Uh, but I'm like, people do change. People I think that change. Buffy. So what do you think, Daniel? Do you think Buffy's right, quote unquote, I guess? Am I quoting myself? What's going on? Um, do you think that Buffy has the right attitude of like, hey, we're in our 20s, man. People do shit. They experiment or whatever. Or yeah. do you think that Xander and Ani are right to be concerned? Uh, well, both. I think both are true. You what? Absolutely be, yeah. I mean, I think they're right to be concerned because they're going to turn out to be right. But Buffy also wants to get her strange on, so she is. <laughs> she's projecting herself. I mean, the whole entire episode is just the two of them saying the same things that mean the same things to each of them. Um, you know, with her just being with Spike, and so when she's hearing that conversation, she is obviously projecting onto herself, and you know, is going to be defensive because she also wants. You know, I think she believes it that we're all growing up. We're adults. We make make decisions. Blah blah blah. And I think that's all well and good until Dawn gets involved, and then. You crash a car and all that kind of shit. Then it kind of hits home, you know. But otherwise, no. I think that she is totally willing to let it, let it slide, because she wants to let it slide with Spike right. as well. So, which and is you, do you think that this like clearly we're we're gonna hit rock bottom in like five minutes from that conversation? But like, uh, mm-hmm. do you think that Willow's actions aside from the the drug addiction are like you know uh, yeah you're changing this is my 20s I'm hanging out with a new person and I'm doing stuff that's weird and my girlfriend broke up with me so shit's a little upsetting I have a bunch of jumbled thoughts about this (laughs) well that's apt for the episode I think yeah um which is like I was thinking when um you're asking the question about when Spike said oh well she's with Will that's a really weak excuse to come get me like 
I think for Buffy and Spike, they still see Willow as season one Willow, whereas Xander and Anya might be a little bit more... Um, Paying close attention, closer attention. Yeah, might be a little bit more like up to date on current Willow, right? Because yeah. Xander knows that Willow's the one that did the memory spell. We don't know if Buffy knows. And, you know, Buffy's just been so distant since she died that she doesn't really know what's going on with Willow and is just sort of like looking at this historical Willow, I guess. Um, so it makes sense that you would be like, Season one Willow is a good Willow. I trust that Willow. Yeah, she fucked up, but like she's good at her core. So like, yeah, people make mistakes, but she's not a bad person. And I trust her to continue to make generally good choices. So I'm not worried about it. Whereas Xander and Anya, I think, are coming at it from a different angle of like, "Uh, maybe one at one time that was true. Like, it doesn't really seem like that's true anymore. Like, she's maybe not that person. And um. And obviously Willow shows it in this episode that she, like, totally fucks up. Um, But, like, (laughs) it's interesting because, like, Buffy's not the same Buffy that she was in season one. Willow's not the same Willow that she was in season one. Um, They're definitely on, like, two diverging paths. And there's this quote that I always think of that I saw somewhere randomly that said, how good do you have to be to be a good person? And I feel like Mm -hmm. that makes sense with Willow here where it's, like, she's done a lot of shit lately, like, how long is it until we decide that she is like you know going down a bad route she's or like the we bad shouldn't? Guy. Yeah, until she's the bad guy. Until we shouldn't trust her with Dawn. At what point do you like lose that trust? Obviously, you know you crash your car because you're high on magic and then nearly <laughs> get Dawn magic. killed by a demon that you conjured because you were doing <laughs> magic drugs. Right. Yeah, that's clearly a line. But you know, until that point, how do you yeah, make that negotiate. determination? So, and, you know, Buffy, like, she's different than she used to be, but I don't know. When you see Willow doing stuff and thinking about season one Willow and you're like, well, I'm doing this stuff, but I'm a good person and I still feel like I haven't changed that much. Yeah, well, I also think that a piece of it is uh, how their friendships have changed over the years, right? They've just been getting more and more distant since season four, since, you know, they went to college. Uh, I think that this situation happening to season three, Willow, everything else the same, like Buffy's up in her shit and like, what's going on? Why aren't you talking to me? Blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, man, Xander's got his own fucking life. He's like trying to be an adult with a house and a job and a wife and shit. And I'm, don't have space in Buffy. This is Buffy talking. I I just like can't deal. I fucking died. I don't know how to live my life. Willow seems okay. And I just don't have the capacity to, to deal with it. So, okay. Everyone's fine. Right. I'll check in in a month. Bye. (laughs) Well, I I think it was was on display too. When, when she was talking to Willow and even when she said the line about Tara, she was like, Tara loves you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Willow was like, you know, just being sad and like, mm, how do you know that or whatever? But even just like that coming out of Buffy's mouth was weird because that's like right. not something Buffy would say. Buffy has like almost no commentary on the the relationship, Willow's relationship with Tara, like nothing. We've never talked about it ever. Mm-hmm. And it was it was bizarre. And I don't it, and I kind of read it. I didn't know how to read it where it's like, is she just trying to react because something bad happened? Maybe there's a little bit of realization that she had drifted far away. She's trying to, like, reconnect. I don't know. I keep wanting them to, like, connect with one another. Mm-hmm. But as we've already seen this season multiple times, they've sat down on a bed together and they don't say enough to one another to get the points across. And it's frustrating. But it's, you know, good storytelling, you know, and I think they did it at the end of this episode was was nice as well. Just sitting there talking about two different things, thinking they're talking Mm -hmm. together and then just looking off into the distance. And, you know, it was good. 
But I like historical Willow. You saying that makes a a lot of sense. You know, seeing her like season one and season two. And it's something that I could definitely see someone like Buffy who is so wrapped up in her own mind and being a slayer that you just like, that's your best friend. And you just see them as the person that you became best friends with and almost don't let them grow in a sense. Yeah. And not in a negative way, but just like you, but then it becomes negative when you can't get back to something because they have changed. And you've changed. You died. You came back. I'm yeah. sure Willow feels frustration about that, too. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just getting over that, like, I, I know. fucking ripped you out of heaven. Okay, that's going to be that's a wedge. Tough. That's tough. Plus, I'm mother of all my budgies. Uh-oh. It's not tragic. I'm sure as soon as I stand up. There's this weird thing that happens when you, like, reconnect with old friends or, like, people that were part of your past that, like, don't know the current you. And I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes I'll meet those people and feel like I'm suddenly that person again. And I do kind of wonder if, like, you know, because you're sort of, like, resurrecting this ghost of a relationship because you can tell that they see you as someone that you aren't really anymore. Um, If that's happening with Willow and Buffy, where, you know, because... Willow was like, do I want to just be regular old Willow or do I want to be super Willow? Which I think you said was a good Mm -hmm. line. And it is a good line. And it makes me think about Willow. I think it was on like season two when she's like, oh, I'm reliable Willow. I'm like. Mm -hmm. Reliable dog geyser person. Yeah, exactly. Like complaining that like I'm the person everyone can trust. And like clearly that's the way Buffy is still viewing her. And it's almost like Willow's acting out to say like, I'm different. I'm changed. I have power. Like notice that you can't rely on me. Like. Totally. <laughs> I'm my own person. I'm a superhero too. Uh, and took it way too far. Oh, thanks. What? Old Reliable? Yeah, great. There's a sexy nickname. And maybe it's the magic thing. I mean, maybe it's just that Buffy has no sense of magic. And so that's a whole world unto itself that she mm. either is not really that interested in, like, and also just can't really relate, right? You know, how do you bridge that gap? Like, at least a city yeah. in the same country that you live in, you can at least uh, pretend you know something or talk about it. But how do you talk about heaven? I mean, that's like an uh, an impossibility almost. In the same way that it probably feels like witchcraft is an impossibility mm-hmm. to describe to somebody who's not mm-hmm. magic. Everyone has their own pain, and our friends just don't seem to care enough about each other to explore that right now. It's sad. Yeah. Or have the time or the bandwidth or whatever. They just, like, can't. Not in the script. No, that's the most important part. This one's giving off vibes. All right, let's talk about Rack and the magic and the drugs. First, we'll hear from Marty Noxon, which will confuse the issue even further. Are you ready? Perfect. Marty Noxon has this to say, quote, Some criticism kicked in here that we were being too literal about Willow's addiction and comparing it to alcoholism. Oh. Mm. Do you remember that? It is, in fact, sort of... It is, in fact, sort of literal in the sense we're trying to set up that she doesn't have any control. She's really fucked. We also knew that this wasn't the end of the storyline. Even though people were like, this isn't satisfying. It's just so touched by a Marty. It was frust- mm. It was a frustration, I guess, because people were reacting like that. Because people were reacting like that, and we wanted to say, you don't understand. It hasn't even begun. So the thing that stuck out to me the most about that quote is the alcoholism thing. Hmm. I don't know if the people that she was talking to to get that information from have never drank before in their lives or if she doesn't know what alcohol is. I think it's is. the driving part. I think the driving part. <laughs> that, I mean, uh, that's the only thing I can think because all, all of the other like symptoms and things we experience in this episode through Willow 
has no, no. I mean, I've drank a lot in my day, and Me none too. of this has. You've never had to find a secret magically. Never scratching my arm. Like... <laughs> yeah. Never gone to space. Like I just. <laughs> oh, I know. I wish. <laughs> so I don't really know what that's about. Buffy want beer. No, you can't have beer. Now, this is probably an exercise in futility. I mean, I know it is before we set out, but there's no rules. We have no rules. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television show, has given us no rules or lore when it comes to what magic is, how it functions, who can do it. it. There's zero rules. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that Willow ran out of magic. That's a brand new concept. Mm-hmm. Brand new but, concept. <laughs> sure <laughs> what, is. what the fuck? Okay, sure. That's you can just two episodes ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, how how much of this? The only way I was able to get through this was trying to take it as magic is something we don't know, and in this world, it has these effects that are brand new to us, but they're they're here today in this episode. Okay, so we're gonna have to take that as face value because I think if we just constantly code it as this is a metaphor for heroin because that seems to be the most, I mean, it seems to be the most direct metaphor drug-wise just based on what she's going through. With the withdrawals things specifically and then like the yeah. way she's just like out of her mind high, it just, it seems most like heroin to me. But do you think, Stacia, do you think we should just take this on face value as, no, this is not a metaphor for drugs. This is a magic in the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and this is what it can do to people. Or we should read this as, this is just straight up WB coded for heroin and we just didn't want to do heroin do i think it's upn thinking yeah let's have a heroin (laughs) storyline no (laughs) do i think it's just supposed to be read as magic and not drugs no i think they're clearly trying to show that like like marty knoxon said she's in too deep there's something there that's pulling her in that she can't stop that sounds very much like drugs and the fact that you have to go to a weird sketchy scary place with a weird sketchy scary dude to get your fix that seems like drugs (laughs) well i mean and it sucks because again the the biggest problem is that there's no lore there is no reason why this is happening if this was something that you laid out these are sketchy parts of town this is what can happen Mm -hmm. you could have put this as a throwaway line anywhere but it had to be established that like because Tara's just a, af- we don't actually know exactly why Tara's afraid. You know, it's I I always took it as Tara's afraid that Willow is going to push the bounds of magic. Like, not that it's going to go away, not that you go have to go, you know, get a drug fix for it to work. It's just you're going to keep pushing until something bad, i.e., a demon, which does happen here, but something's going to happen. You're going to conjure something, blah blah blah. That's how I always saw it. And now it's like you can lose magic and you need to get high. And Amy's yeah. a drug pusher. It's like. How did Amy know? Was she doing drugs before she became a rat? Uh, clearly, new rack <laughs> right. before because mm-hmm. you taste or you smell like strawberries or you taste like strawberries. So I don't know how to answer your question because I don't think it's like WB didn't want this. And and I think that they were being heavy handed, which makes it a bad Buffy episode. You know, they're definitely making all of these pointed. It is about drugs. Absolutely. But it just so happens that magic is such an important concept in this world that you've never explained. Mm-hmm. Now you've made it weird. You yes. just made it weird. That's all it is. And so like when the seed of magic happens in season eight, it's like, well, what's this? What was that? <laughs> like, what is that? Because again, that makes more sense. If there was something pulling up and down magic and you have like maybe a sorcerer character like this that doesn't 
operate in the seat of magic, right? So people sort, you know, come to him because he can supply you the fix that normally an operating seat of magic would give you automatically. But now that it's been dimmed or whatever, now you need a guy like Rack who can give it to you. There has to be a reason why you go to get magic from a weird, sketchy guy. Yeah. But if magic just operates and if Xander can do magic... Well, she can. What, he has done. What the fuck? They all can. Everybody's yeah. done a spell at some point, except for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that is really the biggest problem. Like everything that you might try to rationalize, which is what I kept coming up against watching this episode, trying to be charitable to it, and trying to like, what are they actually trying to say? It's that we've done very little to codify the rules of magic, but we've, from what we've gleaned from the characters, it was exactly like, like you said, through Tara, through just the experiences of. It's probably bad to do a bunch of magic because at some point you're going to do something that's really risky and get yourself hurt. But never in a million years was it because it's like drugs that that never yeah. entered like anybody's consciousness. That was never mentioned at all. Never implied there, either. Yeah. yeah, there was never there. That's the thing that that keeps getting me too. It's like. Okay, so it's just magic, and you need to refill on magic, which, again, new concept, but whatever. But there's also, like, a weird chemical component, right? Like, why is she withdrawing? There's something that's happening in her body physically that's changing, too. That's never been mentioned. Like, she said that she gets nosebleeds, and I'm trying to remember that did happen uh, in, like, season three mm -hmm. or something. Or, where she's done, or when she was fighting Glory, too, in season five. Mm -hmm. She she did mm -hmm. get hurt. And I thought that was the price. I thought that's the price we, we, were, we were playing with. Magic can go too far. You can get hurt. It was never like this, though. Like, there's a toxicity that you, like, build up over time, and, and you get addicted to it, and it's, it becomes a chemical dependence. It's just so strange to add this. And it would have all been okay, I think, if we would have just laid it out. Like, stretch this out if you really wanted to do it. I think that's the only thing that, like, would make this make sense. Because I don't understand why for, we go from Willow just does spell sometimes and maybe she shouldn't do them so much because she could get hurt, and sometimes it physically hurt her, to he's making her high. Like, yeah, that's all it is. She's, like, getting a heroin or, like, an opiate type of high from it, which is very bizarre to me because, like, why would magic make you high? So at one point, so the first time she goes and she's on the ceiling and stuff, whatever, but the next time she goes to space, right? She goes <laughs> to space. She goes to space, and I don't know if you caught this, but they play that, like... The first Slayer, pan flutey, like, woo, mystical music. So I was like, is this what we're seeing of her being, like, tripping or whatever, her being high? Is that actually a metaphor for what's going on in her brain where it's just like she's getting knowledge of, like, some elder fucking magic or something that's happening to her? Or is it literally just, like, he's oh, essentially giving hole. her LSD? Oh. Poor I, Kelly, your brain's gonna explode. I know. <laughs> I just, I wanted to make sense so bad, and it just like, I mean, fucking doesn't. It doesn't. To critique the show, yes, they absolutely should have set up some sort of without. They don't. You don't need to explicitly say this, but have like in the writer's guide the rules of magic. This is how it works. This mm. is what you can do. This is what you can never do. And that's it. They absolutely do not have that. No, they don't. <laughs> absolutely not even anything you can think of you can do, except for if you need to not be able to do that for some reason. Correct. So well, that's we, the working theory the of magic yeah, in the Buffy absolutely. universe. Um, that being said, I think that you could conceive of a world in which you create magic, where magic could be a utilitarian thing that you use to create expected outcomes. 
and also you could use that outcome to be getting high. Mm. I think that you could have magic that you use and like, you know, you get a power rush and it feels good. So then what do you do? You just want the power rush. So that's why you end up going to this guy who can sort of just like, it's because it seems like they're sort of just passing the magic back and forth between each other. Like you almost need a conduit to do that. I think you could set that up for that to make sense. Did Buffy do that? Not even a little bit. (laughs) No, because what you would have to show, I mean, and again, even if you don't understand that, like, they've never thought of the seed of magic that they will in a couple of years, like, even without all of that, you all you need, you didn't even show us that their powers are weakened. Like, I mean, they they had maybe a throwaway line, like, I feel weaker or something, but maybe I made that up. Like, we never saw them just, like, try to do a spell and it not work. And to, like, be like, oh, what the fuck's happening? And then for Amy to be like... I've heard about this stuff. Like we have to go to this person. Like even that would be fine. Like I'm, I'm just, to- I'm just torn on like why we are doing this. Devil's advocate. We yeah. do, we do get told at the end of season four after they fight okay. Adam and they all use that spell to become mm-hmm. whatever it is that Buffy turns into. They're all exhausted right. afterwards, which is why we get fucking restless. But I think they're exhausted <laughs> because they use the magic, right? Like they wore themselves out. So I think you could argue that there is. Mm in-text justification for that. And again, it's one of those things where logically it would make sense that if you use too much magic, you'd run out of your amount of magic, however much that is. And it seems like every person has maybe a different amount of magic that they could use, which is why, you know, Strawberry has vibes. <laughs> well, and that's the lore, right? Because you would you would become a better witch as you went along. You so would, like, in increase theory, your stamina. It, you increase your, your, mana. your XP. Your mana You increase pool. your yeah. XP. Exactly. So she had already used up all of her mana and she mm-hmm. just, need, instead of waiting and resting and allowing it to recuperate naturally, she went for the cheat code, which was Rack, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's it. She just yeah. went to go get the yeah. magic. But then we never saw her afterwards be like, I've, I mean, she feels good during it because she's high, but like, but even afterwards, like, is she doing more magic? Is she doing spells better? Like, is we never really, I don't know, didn't, didn't really show that time. because she instantly became an addict. So that was tough. <laughs> well, Again, I would like to have a little bit of pacing. Yeah. The pacing is really the enemy here. Yet another thing that doesn't make any fucking sense. If it's like, if you went to him because you ran, you couldn't close your curtains. Right? You went there because you ran out of your fucking magic. That's what it was. Yeah. You go, went to him and you just got high. Like you said, <laughs> he, you didn't just like do more spells after that. You were doing that to an end. You just wanted to get fucked up. And it's like, okay, that's cool, I guess. I just, why are we doing this? I don't are know. Are we going to see Rack, Rack again? Yes. Okay. So she kills it, him. And, oh, good. He's going to explain what it is that he's no. doing? Because at this no. point, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, he must just be getting high off of her. If that's yes. what's happening, but he's mm-hmm. totally in control, which means that his mana is like at 200 and Willow's is at like 40. Rock makes it sound like he's taking some of Willow's magic. If he's doing that for yeah. every single person that comes in, then he's oh, going to yeah. be like essentially supercharged, which is mm-hmm. why. Super and then I think the other idea with like, because Willow, she starts this narration of like, I get tapped out quickly. Mm. So say that her mana level or whatever is two hours and she spends all night with Amy and over the course of the 12 hours she's with Amy she's done two hours worth of spell casting so in the morning she's tapped out then when she's with Rack she does magic for three hours straight Mm. well that's longer than her two hour baseline at the end she's still tapped out but she's had like that three hours of high or whatever that she would have only had two hours without him (laughs) 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> is she getting high in the two hours of mana when she's doing the, the stuff out in the open? Is she getting high? Is I mean, it seems like it. That's kind of okay. the implication, right? Yeah, okay. because Amy's like, if you need a bigger fix than what you can wow. do yourself. <laughs> but see, that's never been introduced that's either. Never There's been. never been a moment where Willow's cast a spell and be like, uh. Okay, no, but the implication <laughs> seems to be she does enjoy it, at yeah. least at this point. But part of the problem is, and this is something that sort of irritates me off and on about Buffy, and I realize why we don't do this, because it's sort of like a campy feel-good show like in the big picture, but like you would think that as a slayer and a group of people constantly fighting monsters, they would be like uniquely knowledgeable about the darkest aspects of like the monster world. And yet they constantly seem to be complete noobs. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. Spike knows about Rack. Spike he knows, knows what Rack's Rack. doing. Totally. Willow, who literally brought someone back from the dead was like, Rack, what is that guy? I don't know. Why are we <laughs> going there? And then Rack's like, what do you want me to do for you? And Willow's like, I don't know. What do you do? Like Willow doesn't even know what she's there for. You know what I mean? Like, and you see this again with Riley when he's having, like, the vampire sucking his blood. Sure, and Buffy's yeah. like, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> like, you know, like, you would think she would see that all the fucking time that she would constantly yeah. break up vampire nests that had humans that uh, were ooh, willingly getting their blood sucked. time where Spike knew. He's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he brought her to her. Like, <laughs> exactly. But you would think that this would be, like, common knowledge. Like, oh, rack again. And, I mean, yeah, maybe you're not slaying a bunch of wizards but it's or witches or whatever. But it still seems like something that you would be aware of as like a slayer you would have like your pulse on the evil of sunnydale your finger on the pulse and that i gotta blame giles a little bit for that too i mean that's a failing right there <laughs> yeah well because giles was like of course humans get high from vampires sucking their blood which i mean i guess there's whole bunches of ways to get high that don't make any sense in the real world yeah that's true uh and there's one last thing about rack so if we're you know so much of this is just like this is drugs but not drugs whatever when rack is like um, you know, I, I got to get mine first. It, do you think that's supposed to be like a weird, gross sex for drugs thing? Or is it just like, I just don't want to think about that. I want to just believe it's he's taking magic. But like, I think he's taking magic. Okay, good. Because there was definitely like. I mean, it sounds weird, but. Yeah. He's probably like joking. You taste like strawberries. Uh, and just because the way that like Willow felt so gross and dirty after the fact that she had he to take a shower, shower about it. I was like. Did you yeah. have to do weird sex stuff? Did you do weird sex stuff? Please don't. I mean, but she was like rolling around stuff. on a ceiling. I know that's what I'm saying. There was like a lot of very like this is. I mean, if this was actually heroin and this was a different show, this would be a blowy, not a let me touch you Ew. for magic. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Oh, wow. Okay. Next. I can't stop, Buffy. I'm trying and I can't. You can. I can't. I can't. I just, God, I need help. Please, please help me. Please, please, please. So at the end, I think that conversation is really powerful, and I agree. Buffy's fucking black turtleneck with the little necklace, and she just looks like stone cold, man. I was scared for Willow. I was like, Buffy's about to beat your ass. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Willow tries to say that Tara, what, Tara didn't know that girl. Tara wouldn't even, you know, how would you even know that Tara would still love me? It's so sad. Do you think that that's fucking true? Why would Tara not, why would she think that? Tara wanted her to stop doing magic. Why would she think that that is a they valid met reason as, for But they met as Wiccans. Mm -hmm. I know. They've never known one another outside of 
the realm of magic. So without that, what does, I mean, somebody, again, Willow's sad. She fucked it all up. So of course you're going to go back and you're going to beat yourself up, especially and say, well, she never loved me anyway, you know, because if it wasn't for the magic, which I fucked up, she doesn't even know me. And she was always hard on herself too, you know, when she was in high school. So it's like, I'm sure she thinks of herself as that person. And without magic, she is that person again. And she does not really like that person. She likes being about us. It's just a bummer. I feel bad for her in that moment. Because, like, she can't possibly really think she's, like, useless, right? She didn't always have... She used to do just computer stuff, remember? (laughs) And Xander's never had any fucking problems. Xander's useless. Yeah. (laughs) He's still around. You don't see him crying about it. He's just (laughs) living his goddamn life. I mean, I get it. If I was Willow, I would have gone super magic heroin addicted years ago <laughs> like i would have immediately spiraled into the darkest depths because i would want to be a superhero i would want to have magic i would absolutely pursue that i wouldn't just be like oh i guess i'll be a normal person and no magic and monsters and vampires right. and things are just out there and just live my normal dumb xander life like i couldn't <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do that like it would it would yeah. absolutely eat me alive and to think about being like you know, I'm this super-powered person who has super-powered friends, and that's the only person my girlfriend knows who am I if I'm not that, and I can't keep up with them, and I can't keep up with her. Like, she's not going to want that. That's not... Well, that, like, has to be... Uh, I think that's a good peek into, like, Willow Psyche, the fact that she doesn't even realize how far she's come, right? Like, you hanging out at the Wicker Group and doing little spells with roses in Tara's room, and... I my take on that is personally that just Tara wanted to spend time with her and Willow only yeah. wanted to do magic. So it's like, yeah, of course, let's do magic. You want to do spells? Like we could just hang out and watch a movie, you know, and and do kisses. But yeah, magic. That's <laughs> that's that's fine if that's what you want to do. That's fine. And smoke lots of weed. Forgot about that. Forgot we just about smoke weed. lots of weed. <laughs> we don't have to. It's do just magic. sage. It's just sage. But I clearly Willow did correlate. That's Tara loves me because. Or she yeah. fell in love with me because we did magic together. Mm-hmm. This is all that's where we met about. too. Yeah. I mean, that, if it wasn't for magic, I wouldn't have been in that group. Right. And I never would have met Tara. She had a lot of power. Thank you. Oh, I'm not. I, I don't have much in the way of power, really. I mean, most of my potions come out soup. Besides spells going awry, friends in danger. I'm definitely nothing special. No, you are. Uh, lastly, I would like to talk about Buffy of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer briefly. So, clearly, as we mentioned, uh, Buffy is talking about herself when she's talking to Willow about Willow. And it's just a, you know, very, very thin, veiled thing about her and Spike. During that conversation, um, Willow says, I need to stop. It's not okay, whatever. Especially if it messes with the people I love. And Buffy is like, really takes that in and she's like you're right and then you know tucks herself in her bed with garlic all around to keep herself safe from spike Mm -hmm. which is a little a little ridiculous i mean it's an effective shot i get it but whatever why does she think that being with spike is so damaging or dangerous like what what at what risk does he really pose to her family this is we're talking about spike in season six right now not school hard spike i guess vampire babies (laughs) <laughs> she's oh, no. afraid of pregnancy <laughs> that is as everyone should be yeah. last night was the most perverse degrading experience of my life yeah me too that might be how you get off but it's not my style <laughs> no it's your calling 
gave me a run for my money, Saleya. Well, I think because she's already hurt Dawn by not coming home the night she was having sex with Spike. So you think that's it? It's just like the guilt over not being there for Dawn? Well, I think it's that and the idea that she could get so wrapped up in Spike that she would do it again and she'd forget Dawn again. And this time Dawn would get hurt. Mm. You know? Drugs. Metaphor for drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's what it is. Is She's like, you're a distraction. I can't have any distractions. I guess my I'm a bad mom sister. <laughs> bad mom sister. I mean, I get that, but I'm. I guess more my broader point is like, why not just be with Spike? I mean, Daniel, she's having a good time. Why not just be with Spike? Yeah, but she but she feels dirty. She feels exactly the same way that Willow does. I'm surprised we didn't see her get out of a shower. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. that. But I I think that they feel exactly the same. So she has not come around to I am fine with having fun. I'm just saying, vampires get you hot. I guess it's also the like holding on to Willow season one Willow in Buffy's mind. I think she's also holding on to this idea of herself, right? Like Spike is yeah. bad, and I Buffy the Vampire Slayer would never have sex with Spike. This is terrible. This is not what heroes do. I'm sure there's some of that like self. Well, that constant because it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's just like policing herself about. Yeah, it. Spike said, you know, you know, vampires get you hot, and she says a vampire. Right. Well, clearly it can't not. Be two. Clearly, it's two. It can two. only be one. Yeah. No, no, it can only be one, Kelly. Only one. And he's gone. And and she's so obsessed too with that that it's like it's almost an aberration that that happened, and then it's been turned into like a legitimate relationship, and everybody's cool with it. But it's something that everybody understands in a way that like this can't happen. This was weird. It can't happen again. <laughs> it's not supposed to be like this. Right. And then if she's going to be like, hey, guys, I'm also seeing Spike again. Yes, he is a vampire. It does seem that I only like vampires. Because <laughs> it didn't seem like Riley and Bob and Stewart and all the other weirdos that fuck? I've dated. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever, who All the other people. What are their names? Uh, there's Parker. Knows? Parker is Parker one night guy. Parker, and then Scott Angel. Hope. Scott Hope, sure. Nutritional all... No, no, no. They were... What about... Um... Parker's the only person she slept with. Oh, Owen, Owen, yeah. Owen. From, that's where we get our, you don't our see name from our show. Name from. Anyways, those never worked out. I wonder why. It's because they're not vampires. Simple. That does seem to make sense. <laughs> but she doesn't want uh, to I mean, out. you could argue that Angel didn't work out because he's a vampire. Buffy is doomed. Passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess just even on the face of it, you're the vampire slayer. That's literally your job. Yeah. And you just keep having sex with them. <laughs> but the as, you look. know, it was full for love, right? Or whatever. It was, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, that line is so thin between mm-hmm. killing and fucking. You're not friends. You'll never be friends. You'll be in love till it kills you both. You'll fight and you'll shag and you'll hate each other till it makes you quiver, but you'll never be friends. You're just... Love isn't brains, children. It's blood. Blood screaming inside you to work its will. You're just convenient. I may be love's bitch, but at least I'm man enough to admit it. And that's where they're at right now. I mean, even him in this one was like, you know, I'll bite you. Bitch, because I can. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. And she's Maybe like, I will oh. bite you. Exactly. And then she's like, oh, then I don't want to be around you ever. <laughs> it's like, come on. It's so silly. I mean, they're ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, they're, and, and you know that they're just going to go bone it out in like one more episode. And they're just going <laughs> to yeah. keep doing it. Yep. And that's fine. And her people are totally judgmental when it does happen. And Willow's a little more understanding, but Xander takes it fucking terribly. Well, sure. as he would. Well, you'll fuck every man on this earth except me? <laughs> What's wrong with me? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely the angle he's coming from. That's true. Anya. 
I'm sorry, but this is pointless. All right. Uh, I think that I should probably remind everyone that Real Real Podcast, and you can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod. That's Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, at Beat Me Pod. We have a website that is wordpress.beatmepod.com. I'm pretty sure that the last, like, six episodes I've said wordpress.beatme.com. That's not right. It's Beat Me Pod, P-O-D, like podcast, you know? Professionalism. Yeah. Uh, so wordpress.beatmepod.com. Did has... you add in a little robot voice that was like wordpresspod.com? <laughs> no. find one time you said go to wordpress.com. Just wordpress. And I think we just, and then we just kept it. <laughs> <laughs> what is, is it? Beatmepod.wordpress.com or is it wordpress.beatmepod.com? I think it has to be. be I think it is beatmepod.wordpress.com. There we go. If only we wrote this on the wall. <laughs> Would you stop it with the wall? Uh, Anyway, that website that you might not be able to navigate to because we can't give you the correct address has show notes on it uh, about, you know, this show that you're listening to. Uh, it also contains, you know, if we play a little song or something or there's a little clip from a movie, maybe we'll put it on there as part of our references. You don't know. Um, it also has a link to our Spotify playlist that contains any music that is played in this show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and in this show, Beat Me Pod. If the apocalypse comes to beat me, that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Uh, the playlist on Spotify is Beat Me Hyphen Fun Time Playlist for Podcast Fans Season 6. So check that out if you like music from this show and other music that we play here. Thanks. Okay. Let's move on. To yelling? Do you want to yell? Want to yell about some stuff? I don't want to yell first. You don't want to yell like first. Okay. Yell. I can yell first. They just slept on that broken shit in that house. They just slept on broken pieces of wood. <laughs> And dirt, nails. Did they sleep or did they knock each other unconscious? <laughs> <laughs> I think either is possible. That's that a good point. That is a good point. Uh, Daniel? The best line of the entire episode. Mom always used to talk about the ditches. <laughs> what the fuck is Joyce talking about? <laughs> what so is it like to live a- in a house with Joyce? I mean, it's pretty hit. And then it's like, wow, a nightmare. Kind of a callback in Dead Man's Party. Joyce does talk about the ditches. She was like, you know, when she goes on her tirade before she throws her fucking scotch against the wall? Or maybe she doesn't throw a scotch. That happens in season two. Do you want to see my mom? Please. Mom! But when she goes after Buffy, because Buffy's having a hard time, right? She's like, I don't want all these people here. I kind of just wanted to reconnect with my friends. So she goes up to her room and she's like, fuck this. I'm leaving. I'm going back to Folkland. And Joyce walks in like, how dare you? You don't know what it was like these last three months. I didn't know if you were dead in a ditch somewhere. Mm. Yeah, but that's a pretty common turn of phrase. But I mean, if that is true and that's in that episode, I also noticed they really like leaned into like giving us old Joyce. They got the African mask that she stole from her job oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hanging up on the room. And so, yeah, if it's some elaborate callback because they rewatched Dead Man's Party before writing the script for this, Maybe. I hate it. Maybe. I mean, but they th- that makes it sound like she's always talking about, always used to talk about the ditches. I love it. So well, she did. I guess I just got used to all the quiet while you were gone. Uh, Tara's stutter is back in full force when Willow and Amy come home together. Hey, that's jarring. We've been broken up for five seconds? Jesus, woman. And you're bringing another woman home? <laughs> it's, uh, it's egregious. That's... And then Willow's like, no, no, it's the rat that watched us have sex. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bringing your own dog to life or something. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. no, I've just, I've just been... <laughs> A part of your life this whole time, no. and now I can I know everything about no. you. It's like no, oh my stop, god, no! Stop, make her out again. Is I that can't. you're not supposed to know. 
<laughs> Amy the rat? Sorry. No, that's fair. I was a rat. Did you notice? I mean, this is not important in the scheme of anything, but their stove uh, microwave oven setup is very interesting. I was like, why are there fucking dials on their microwave? I've never seen a microwave with, well, maybe one, like an older one where you just like turn it, you know, to like five minutes and then it goes kind of like a toaster oven. All of the dials for the burners are up in the microwave and then the microwave has its microwave functions too. Very interesting. Was that important or good to say? Does it make you think? Okay, Daniel. Strange. Uh, yeah, the Martha Stewart reference. You know, she's a witch, decoupage or whatever. Um, and then they were implying that she froze the person, you know, in the whatever, the Natural History Museum or whatever, because she's a witch. But she oh, didn't right, actually yeah. end up freezing a guy, but she did end up going to prison three years after this for oh, yeah. five months. Federal prison. So, you know, she did do some crimes, but she not sure freezing did. people. No, just the white collar kinds, not the ice collar kinds. There's a water bottle in Rack's front room that's half filled with black liquid. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, like um. Oh, yes. There it yeah. is. Like uh, like those it, water like wa- dispensers. Water dispenser. Like yeah, like a water cooler. Water cooler. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's half okay. filled with black liquid. What is that? I don't know. Can't be good. Also. You just have this amazing ability, Daniel, to pick these shots. With little, like That's half ridiculous. phasing through the door, a little peaky face. It's very upsetting. So the pancake. Mm. The pancake. Yeah, this could have been part of my last thing, but it, no, no. It deserves its own thing. So Tara just starts making pancakes. I woke up. It's time for me to make pancakes. And then as an afterthought. you got to feed Dawn. No, no, no. As an afterthought. That was absolutely not the plan because she's like, do you want pancakes? I am already making pancakes. But they weren't for you. But if you would like some, I can make some for you, too. Point one. Point two. Don's like, I think my pancakes are burning. Okay. This pancake is already burnt on the top. That means before Tara walked away, before Tara uh, even started paying attention to Willow, because it is flipped over. The bottom was flipped over. So Tara burnt the shit out of the bottom of the pancake and then flipped it over and then walked away, just letting it burn more. She was going to feed Don. That burnt-ass pancake. It had nothing to do with people coming in or timing being wrong. That was burnt before anything else happened. How dare she? How dare I, she? I would Bad eat that pancake there. without even a single question. Are you kidding me? That thing's burnt to fuck. It's not that burnt. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. It was a labor of love. It was a nice gesture. I'm going to eat the nice gesture. <sighs> well, yeah, but I guess. But Tara did just walk away from it, though, which is wild. <laughs> like, turn, turn it off, you know? She was I would leave. And then I, even Dawn, I, right? When she was like... She was like, my pancake's burning, and then just stood there. She didn't turn off the burner <laughs> and then either. The, and then the two other adults were like, well, see you later. Go. <laughs> we're going to bed at 9 a.m. Uh, 9 Bye. <laughs> yeah. 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 Feed yourself, Don. Clearly you're capable of it. You made a quesadilla. Enjoy okay. school. No one else would know that. Yeah. Crazy. Daniel? There was a Rock the Vote oh, yeah. poster uh, outside of the uh, always popping. Espresso, espresso bean, pump. right? That's what's called cafe. Espresso. What is it? Espresso, espresso pump. Bean. Espresso pump. Damn it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, always popping. They're sitting on like garbage. Like, look at that. Look at what they're sitting on. That's like from the junkyard. <laughs> yeah, like, that couch thing doing? is really bad. Like, what are we doing? Uh, no, there's a yeah. Rock the Vote, uh, which I was like, okay, I know Rock the Vote existed because it was always on MTV growing mm-hmm. up. And yeah, it was founded in 1990, and it was always on, on. And apparently, it's still around. I just had no idea. But like the 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 last election was 2000, the year 2000, 
And this would have been recorded, you know, in 2001, like after 2001. So I don't know if they just like put it up and, you know, never took it down, which obviously is something they would do. Yeah. But I've never noticed it before. So. Me either. Interesting. Yeah. So rock the, what? what is Rock the Vote? Is it just like a concert series? They always had like celebrities. It was always like Madonna would come. You know, this was like the 90s. Yeah. So it'd be like, it's cool to vote, kids. They would do but, like um, drives where they would like show up on college campuses or like you oh. could call in and they'll send you stuff to register to vote. So, oh. I mean, yeah. I definitely remember it being on MTV and stuff, but I was like, yeah. I don't know what this is. Yeah, just trying to get you registered. That's I'm it. 10. I'm 10. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it's still around, which is very weird to me. So That is very strange. Stacia? Um. When Spike says you just want the touch or something like that. (laughs) Gross. Oh, man. Willow fully tries to take a nap with her leather jacket and shoes on. High-heeled boots. I get that you're tired, girl, but, like, damn. No one's that tired. No one's that tired. (laughs) I mean, she got up to close the fucking curtains. Take one beat to just kick the shoes off and and take the jacket off. just dump the jacket off. Goddamn. Yeah, that's, that's how you know she's in bad shape. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, how weird was the fucking headless Tara aberration? <laughs> like, not only that, but also like the bl- like literally blowing up her clothes was freaking <laughs> weird. Uh, it was so strange. I it mean, never really terrible. bothered me, like, because I always just thought it was so sad. Um, yeah. But Stacia was like, "Oh my god, I forgot this happened." I was like, "You don't like headless Tara? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like headless ghost Tara?" Horrifying. <laughs> see, I mean, and see, we're one step away from a Tara bot. We're one step away from Willow being Spike. <laughs> yeah. And getting I mean, a sex yeah. doll for her. So. Yeah. If I can't do magic, I'll just do computers until I make my girlfriend again. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, do you have anything else? Uh, my last one, they were walking by a building. I think this was with Willow and Dawn. Um, and on the building, it said sterilized wiping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's like really weird, bizarre, just painted on the side of the building. It says sterilized wiping and then wiping something else on there. Like, what? Is, yeah. Who is wiping what? It was like industrial sterilized wiping. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, what are you wiping? How is this a job? <laughs> it's the whole business. <laughs> Uh, do you think that Rack is making Amy spin, right? Is that why? Oh, that's another great picture that you yeah. got, Dane, of like the human centipede arm of Amy spinning. Well, you have, there's a... He, yeah, a there's little, a miniature version of her yeah, in, his in his hands. hands. But I was like, is he making her spin? Or is he just like, look, I, I made a tiny picture of you in my hands. <laughs> no, spinning. I think he's like <laughs> using that as like an avatar or something. Is that fun? Is that why we came to Rack so he could spin us in circles? You can yeah, do that for free. High. You can do that for free, Amy. When was the last time you spun in circles for free? I've never needed to get my jollies in such a way. <laughs> Damn. Incredible. Who uh, the kid in you? Again, it's always fun to talk about the 20-year difference. We've done it a couple times on this episode already. But one thing that definitely took me back 20 years was I'll go grab a paper and see what's playing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. First thought when they were like, let's watch a movie tonight. My first thought was like, dude, yes, get snuggy, get yeah. up into that couch, turn on some Netflix. <laughs> yeah. See what's on. There's uh, literally millions of things at your fingertips. Yeah. And then they're like, I'm going to go grab the paper to see a movie. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's right. <laughs> you have no options 20 years ago to do anything. Uh, and then I do. I mean, I'm sure you guys remember. I remember looking up 
you know, like you can't papers don't even print this shit anymore. You know? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally remember looking through papers to find the movies, to find the times, circle mm-hmm. them. You know, hey, Grandma. Let's oh go no, watch hell no. Lion King. Get out of here, movie that. phone man! I'm not, not oh, going to read. I'm calling I don't movie know phone. What movie phone is? Welcome to movie phone. Oh. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a number that you call, and it would say all the the movies playing in your area. Like, please enter your zip code. Yeah. Well, because you would know mm-hmm. the theater you're going to, and you almost knew exactly what movie. The point of the of this is that you pull it out. You don't really know what you want to see. And they're going to yeah. give you a little preview of every movie, you know, like the logo of it. So you get to see everything that's playing, see all the times, all the theaters. It's pretty much for the whole city, you know? Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Maybe was I missed that because in high school we didn't have a movie theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh fair enough. That's right. So we would that's just, right. when, we, when we did get to see a movie... In a big town, we would literally just go to the movie theater and look and at the marquee. You're seeing like, whatever is there. Yeah. This movie starts in half an hour. Guess we're getting tickets. <laughs> but I do remember doing that in the 90s, opening the newspaper and being like, this one says Disney or whatever. Yes. <laughs> nah, it was movie phone or we're going to the dollar movie and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish we're going to so go see choices. Lion King again. The end. Yes. Oh, you're bored of Kenzie and Childhood. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It is so sad. Why do you think we flashed? This is just a question. This is, I'm not going to yell. Why do you think we flashed to the espresso pump and to the magic box before Willow got back to the Summer's house? What do you think the point of that was? Because we could have just skipped that. She could have just woken up at the Summer's place. We could have just transitioned to that. They had I don't know what purpose that's that shot that her friends okay. that they needed to get on them. That makes sense. That makes sense. And we just needed more shots of Willow with her hair in her, just like, I'm so fucked up with her black eyes. Because I thought for a second we were going to go, like, she's searching for something or she, like, ends up in a weird place. But no, it's just like, oh, she just went to bed. She just got. I don't know. I mean, how did she get home? If she walked home, maybe those are her weird blackout memories. Oh, yeah. I guess it could be that, right? Like, she actually did. That's interesting that she was actually walking home the whole time, but it was like, I'm so fucked up. I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Anyway, Daniel. Scary. Uh, two statements from Don that suck. One. Spatulas are for whips. I'm making peanut butter and banana quesadillas. You want? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a meat party in my mouth. See, I disagree. I think it would have been fine if she would have just said it and been oblivious. Like, she just, I didn't know that that sounded weird. I just said something because I'm a child. I don't know. I mean, she's not a child. Whatever. But Willow made like a kind of face. That would have been great. Just like the I'm a breast gal joke. We were like, Giles, did you hear that? Did you hear what I said? I'm Breasts. Like, that would have landed so much better if we would have moved on quickly. This would have been fine if, if we just, if, if she hadn't been like, I just said a joke and it was weird. Wasn't it weird, guys? Awkward. Well, I think it's one of those things where you don't realize what you're saying sounds a certain way until it comes out. I just feel like Trachtenberg's done some better acting. Okay, before. but I do want to put on the record that I think a peanut butter banana quesadilla sounds pretty dope. I think that's fine. I mean, peanut butter banana sandwich is fine. In my head, I'm just, I want to know where the queso part, where where is the cheese going? <laughs> oh, that's you're assuming I mean. there's there's cheese. Uh, I, yeah, I know there doesn't have to be. We're, you know, this is a broad So it's quesadilla. like a peanut dia? <laughs> right. So what? <laughs> so all, when I hear quesadilla, I'm thinking there's going to be cheese is going to well, be yeah. our... Is going to yeah. bring it to That's all the together. Base. Should you know, not it would be the be peanut butter in, though, this. in this world, but yeah. it's the cheese. So there's cheese bringing this whole thing together, but inside that cheese is peanut butter and bananas. Yeah, I mean I that's. It. I bet it would be cheddar cheese. Ugh. 
Which would be the worst cheese. I never considered for a second that there was cheese involved in that. But see, this is why we have these conversations. Because everybody's got a different perspective. You thought there was cheese on that. No wonder you were like, this is disgusting. You don't deserve to have food. And and just to pile on that with my next one, just because it relates. Buffy sitting in her room filled with garlic. Like every (laughs) single row of garlic from the store. No wonder. Like this is all they can afford to eat. And I'm surprised (laughs) that they... Have cheese. You know, cheese can be expensive, so they must have government cheese or something. Or there is no cheese. I guess that's the point. There is no cheese. I mean, well, question mark on the cheese. We don't know. But, like, dude, you just spent a good part of your food budget just to not fuck Spike. Like, (laughs) Again, something you can do for free. Something you can do for free. (laughs) We didn't have to get the garlic budget. We didn't have to. I've been going with garlic for a long time. I don't know how long it lasts. I assume it lasts a pretty good while. A while. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you got to have some pasta with it. And it's like, I've never seen her cook. You got to roast it. If you're going to just straight up eat garlic, you got to like roast it with oil and stuff, right? Like to make it. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to do that. that, You're putting it on stuff. There's no yeah. way Tara might be able to pull this off. When you, when Tara and Willow get high, they're probably pretty <laughs> they classy. Made some they shit. want some like good, get some you know pita bread and like yeah, make a great dip or something. Let's go. <laughs> but I don't see Buffy again. No personality. No. She will eat a peanut butter and banana quesadilla just like her sister. Oh, absolutely. Who is a figment of her imagination. So oh my god. It's all. Hey, yeah, she's a figment of everyone's imagination. <laughs> Why did the monks do this? Okay. We won't, we'll leave that for later. Uh, the last thing I have to say, Daniel, I was surprised when we opened the episode and you said the slap was good. I hated the slap. Me too. I hate the slap. It's just so goofy. It's pu- puny. First, first she does this weird Muppet face. I think it's just because the makeup she has on. She's just like, meh. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, ha <laughs> no, the execution wasn't necessarily good. It was more just the emotion. Like, yeah. just like I wasn't expecting Dawn to slap her. I just thought that yeah. was cool that she was so mad. I mean, that's pretty, pretty radical for, for mm-hmm. this. Well, yeah, that's it was jarring on top of everything else. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know that she would do that. I think that's part of it. It's like, this doesn't feel organic. I imagine her being like, get out of my way or whatever. But like to slap. It was interesting. Yeah, I did not like. So my last one is uh, Spike when he says, Get dressed. Dawn's missing. Again, you ever think about a lowjack for the girl? I was like, what the fuck is a lowjack? Oh, you didn't know? No, I've never heard of it. It's just like a GPS thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, as opposed to hijack. Did you know that? That oh. instead of hijack, they called it lowjack. I did not understand that. Because it's the opposite. Yeah, it was 1979, though. And oh, it's shit. just like GPS that doesn't use your battery. I was like, okay. And, like, they were mainly known for, like, heavy construction and, like, um, machinery in the construction mm. in- industry. So I was like, Xander probably would know how to get a low jack. Oh, pop yeah. it right on her. See, today, 20 years later, you just get an Apple tag. You pop it on Dawn's mm. back or something. She'll never know it's there. <laughs> you know exactly where she is 24-7. So. Or hide it in something shiny and she'll just steal it without even realizing That's right. it. Right. She's a little thief. Uh. Last note about Don. When so the car goes boom, 
hits the, I mean, Jesus Christ. Willow, everything about that was pretty rough, too. I mean, I like the idea of it that she's so fucked up. She's like, ah, I'm going to start this car with magic. We're going. We're doing this. Like, that was all fine with me because, like, we, we already mm-hmm. have bought into Willow's high. Okay. Uh, but just, like, careening right into a brick wall. It wasn't like she narrowly missed a, like, oh, shit, there's a post there and I didn't see it. It was like, I was going nowhere except for directly <laughs> into this wall. She, she wasn't was even there. looking at that point. She was looking back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm not concerned. Whatever, take that, scuzz, crash. Uh, <laughs> Dawn gets hurt, right? We're exactly, you're a little unsure. She's like kind of grabbing one of her arms and like, okay. And then she fights the demon some more. And then it's like clear that one of her arms is fucked up and she's on the ground and she's like, her head's bleeding and her arm is fucked up. What does Buffy and Spike do the second they get there? They grab the shit out of her arms. They're like, are you okay? <laughs> See? Oh, your vaccination spot. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, just like that. You wouldn't do that to someone who's injured. <laughs> Except that you just did. And then Buffy fights Buffy the demon. Injured. Buffy fights the demon, and then she goes back to Dawn. And again, we're like, to lift her up, we're like wrenching her arm out of its fucking socket to lift her up. And I'm like, we have watched you pick her up like a fucking sack of potatoes and run with her for miles. Like, why aren't you picking her up? There's two of you. There are two super-powered people, and you haven't thought, let's pick up the 14-year-old girl. No. Nah. Nobody did? Okay, great. Let's just She's keep fine. fucking ripping her arms out of her sockets. It's great. She's fine. The doctors will take care of it. <laughs> Jesus. Just All like right. it took ter- care of Joyce. Oh! Doctors, they don't know anything. Didn't we go on that little diatribe briefly with Buffy? <laughs> or no, no, it was Sandra. was like, these doctors, they, 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 say, <laughs> they say one thing and they don't really know. I do my own research. <laughs> and then the doc tells the doctor that there's a man that's attached to my ass. Okay, all right. Let's uh, let's get an update on the watch. Is please watch is uh, Xander outfit construction watch. No, he no. he was hardly in the episode. Maroon jacket watch slash Anya belt watch. Sorry, the Anya belt alert. Uh, no jacket, and we never saw Anya standing up. So <laughs> can't confirm if she was wearing a weak. belt. It's an unknown. Can't belt confirm alert. if she was wearing any bottoms at all. <laughs> True, we have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn's piercing screams. You betcha. Uh, how else are we gonna find out where Dawn is until <laughs> she screams? <laughs> Cell phones don't exist. God forbid. No one else is in the town of Sunnydale in this industrial district. Yep. Oh my God. Chips Ahoy. Yes. I mean, Spike. It's all pretty much all intoned. At least you know Spike is threatening Buffy because he's got his his rock back, his rocks back, or whatever mm-hmm. he says. Uh, to bite her. So obviously they're talking about the chip because he can do it now. Will is becoming too powerful, eh? I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, <laughs> is literally. Um, oh, the bl- black leather jacket. Fucking Willow, right? She's rocking a black leather yeah. jacket. Oh, yeah. That's all you need to know. Sorry. That's, yeah. Is she becoming too powerful? She's wearing a black leather jacket. That's that's all you need to know. Embracing the badness. Uh, Buffy has a personality. I'm going to say no. We don't really get much from her. To Hoffman Watch, what do you think? <laughs> Tara and Willow are on the pot again. Again, not really in the episode, so it's kind of hard. Um, Tara wakes up from the start of, like, the debauchery of last night, which was, like, a scattered Monopoly, like, money <laughs> right, right, right. and, like, sodas. You know, super high. Didn't care what was going on. Just fell asleep like that on the couch. Uh, the pancake game for Tara, that is a go-to. She definitely smoked a bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, went outside, smoked a bowl, came back in. She's made pancakes before, right? Like, the first episode oh, yeah. of the season. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's not what you think. It's it's Sage. Right. Um, no, that's not Sage. And everybody <laughs> knows that's not Sage. Um, Michael Wicke, Amy Gothwatch. Yeah, of course. Um, I love it when Anya calls Amy an X-rat. 
That was pretty funny. <laughs> Again, not a lot of jokes in this either. And Anya, always good for a good joke. Um, Buffy charging a dollar for everyone who asks if she's okay. Yes, Dawn specifically asks her when she comes home for breakfast if she's okay. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer yes. now has $5. Oh, nice. It's wild, wild. Uh, Books a Million, yes, Tobin's Spirit Guide, as you already said. Um, hardly any book reading, though, but it was oddly Xander and Anya doing all of the reading, which was strange. Uh, she gets ahead. No, but we see this other side of Sunnydale, like mm. a whole new alley set of alleyways. We are crashing under uh, in an underpass, mm-hmm. like a massive underpass in a town that, like, again, has docks, freeways when it needs it, in an airport when it <laughs> needs, but like otherwise doesn't. Like, we've never seen a bridge in this town before. They've never walked over a bridge. I mean, have, have we ever seen a bridge? I don't know. But that's a I don't plenty of places so. to crash. Mm-mm. I don't think we have. Yeah, Stacia pointed that out too. She's like, "Where the fuck is this? Like outside the bronze? Because this is the only <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> industrial area we have." I'm like, do we remember like the first episode when Cordelia's like, uh, "The bronze is about half a block away, like uh-huh. in the bad part of town, about half a block away from the good part of town." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we're just riding cars, you know. And then obviously <laughs> on the freeway. Before we were on a freeway, like to Xander's house, remember? Because he lives oh, like right. thirty minutes away, you know. When yeah. we first were, it's fuck it. I mean, whatever. And then Giles Biggest KO, um, I would say, too, yes, never teaching the kids magic is super <laughs> effed up. But I also think him not being there to gloat over Willow's arrogance would also yeah. be awesome because he could have been there, too, helping Don and being like, I told you so. I told you so. You rank amateur. That's right. He should have been there to should have been in her face. Yeah. Sad. R.I.P. Oh, oh, that's what this was about? Doing a slayer? Okay. Well, thank you for the update. Uh-huh. I feel better. I can move on with my life. And we're going to move on to... i got to rake this sucker. It's, a, it's about that time. Willow Hacks, slash we talk about the net, slash something Wicca this way comes. Oh, boy! That's a big old one. Possibly Ooh. the first one? No, it's got to be... I think uh, I, Jane... I, Robot You, Jane is probably... Was probably a one if I was if I had the system intact. Um, you had the system intact, <laughs> but yeah, there was no good that came from magic in this episode, with the exception of, of killing the demon. Uh, and I actually wanted to ask you what you both thought about that. For I think that I was like, okay, if Willow had a fucking immolate demon spell this whole time, what are we doing? What are we doing? But I think maybe only because she was super charged by Rack that she had the ability to do that. Do you think? I thought it was that she had created the demon with her magic, so she was destroying it with her magic. Oh. That's what I read. Like her, com- she was coming down essentially, and like yeah, disappear. Oh, oh, like it was just it just disappeared on its own. Like she didn't do it. I think she might have done it because her like little hands crackled or something, right? Yeah, her yeah. hands did crackle. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I want that's her actually to be pretty holding cool. like a wand or something. You know, then. That would have <laughs> then been. we know. Oh yeah, where are the wands at? Come on, where are the wands? Anyway, yeah, that's a one. That's a one, my friends. Uh, Dawn needs an adult. Oh boy, again. Uh, okay. Clearly, she has an adult, and the adult she has is bad. So how do you how do you deal with that? We didn't account for Dawn needs an adult. That's a good adult. I should have said that specifically. But uh, this I gave it a three because. Wow, she gets very severely hurt because there's no good adult around. <laughs> However, she still she knows that she's in a bad, like a sketchy situation. She's like, "We should leave. This is not a good idea. I've got a good head on my shoulders, and I know this is fucked up, and we need to go home." And she f- 
fights the demon to the best of Don's ability. She, she fucking she kicks it away from them, and then when she's crawling under the car, I don't know that wasn't the best judgment call. I don't think crawling under the car, but no. she she's like pocket sand and throws it in its face, and then she like she is able to push it away until she can't anymore because she's just like I'm out of my moves. But you know, I gave her a three because Don, even though. The one adult she had was actively trying to hurt her. <laughs> she uh, managed to not die. That's tough. <laughs> so she gets a three for her own fortitude or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, monster of the week. Speaking of that demon thing, I thought the demon thing was pretty cool. It had like a bat face. Uh, it's got like weird hair and like a, a p- unfortunate ponytail. That wasn't great, but it, it looked pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. So that's neat. Uh, and the concept of it being created from Willow doing magic. Again, like, the potential of let's establish some rules in the world. Like, we have to have balance. You did all this shit, so you made a demon. Like, the, that literally happened in Superstar. Jonathan did a bunch of fucking magic, and it made a demon. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that, that tracks. So I appreciate that as far as the Monster Week. And also we introduced Rack, who is gross. And I we've went, gone over the reasons why I, you know, the whole drug thing is terrible, but he's fucking creepy. Jeff Cobra is a creepy dude. He was creepy as Zachary Kralik, and he's creepy as Rack. So I gave Monster of the Week a seven. Uh, also, the themes of addiction, which we haven't visited since good old Screepy Pete. And I'm going to try to bring him up anytime I can naturally. Remember Screepy Pete? Remember how he was addicted to that juice that made him turn into yep. Jekyll the and Hyde, whatever? Yeah. Yes. Remember when we did that? Yeah. Why are you bringing that up? <laughs> Life can. is the big bad. Just to troll me. Yes. Don't tell Mr. Platt you have insomnia. Yes, absolutely. What's that, like a Barbie thing? <laughs> Dear Dream Journal, how come Ken hasn't come around since he got that earring? Life in the big bad. Life and the big bad. Uh, life is the big bad. That's 10. That's a 10. Check that. Uh, I mean, part of it was magic induced, you know, <laughs> not like normal life, but a lot of it was. Drug uh, metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Drugs metaphor and just being irresponsible, not taking care of your shit, not realizing when you need help. Like, you know, the idea of addiction, terrible. Like, that's a lot of big, heavy, bad stuff um, if you take the, the magic jokes out of it. So that's, yeah, pretty bad. Ten. Relationship goodness or badness? Uh, Don and Willow. Not great. I don't know if you know that. She got slapped right in the face. Don, slapped right in the face. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I keep hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Willow and Tara, yeah, still not good. They're still broken up, and Tara is still not cool with Willow and doing all the magic. I don't think it's fair to rank them as a relationship anymore. They're clearly an ex relationship. It's brutal. Uh, Xander and Anya are doing pretty good. Gotta say that. And Spike and Buffy, duh. I don't know. I give it a four. Having fun, but they're not doing great. (laughs) Four for relationship goodness or badness in episode specific. Oh, man. If ever I needed a stat juking episode category, because I did, I didn't want this one to be the bottom. I didn't, so I had to save it. I've got you. Either don't shake me again, super strength. I think I'm gonna boot because I thought that was so funny, <laughs> and I really like Amy as a character. I don't know why. I just I think she's a good like bad guy. Yeah, because yeah. she's really subtle. She's just like a shitty person. She's yeah. a, a you know she's she does have magical powers, but her the worst thing she is is like she's just a shitty person, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, spatulas are for wimps, cause, you know, what the fuck? Come on, which is just burning yourself over burning and over yourself. <laughs> that's where you need an adult. Yes, yes, and that's why it's a three. It's shit like that. It's shit like that. Uh, but yeah, episode specific, ten out of ten. I had to because I oh, needed wow. to juke the stats. So that's thirty-five, which is still low. It puts it at seven of ten 
for the season. That is right beneath uh, Tabula Rasa and right above Bargaining Part 2. I thought this episode was more fun than Bargaining Part 2 for sure, so I had to do what I had to do. Anyway, Stacia. I don't even remember what bargaining part two is. And when I say fun, I mean interesting and like, wow, uh, this had a lot of potential. Yeah, okay. But not fun so much, no. Stacia, where did you put this episode? Uh, I ranked this 83 out of 110. That's low. It's pretty low. It's the lowest of the season. Yeah. Uh, it's below Anne and Dead Man's Party. Hey, Dead Man's Party, come Wait, on to I, I lied to you just now. Uh, it's below Revelations and Choices. Tafrim. Tafrim. Talked about that too. And it's above Anne and Dead Man's Party. I feel like Anne has very similar vibes. You do? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Like wandering around shitty downtown <laughs> oh, yeah, that's streets, true, that's true, that's like true. homeless people in drugs, <laughs> and like <laughs> with the, like the sad acoustic rock song yeah. playing in the background, and with like faces of of homeless, uh, yeah. like upset people. Just oh. yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. Okay. Folkland, never forget wild. the milieu that is. Folkland. Never forget. Look, I don't mean to poop the party here. It's just, you get your hopes all up, and then it's just a big fat raspberry, and I feel bad. Uh, but I decided I this was more emotionally resonant than Anne, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, it is very sad that Chanterelle, a.k.a. future Anne, loses her true love. Oh, right. His name's Pete, too, isn't it? Well, that's not no. Ricky. No. Lily and Ricky. something. Fuck. Ricky. Um, I thought it was maybe Pete. I think it is Pete. Maybe it is Pete. Ricky. That sounds right. That feels right. That Ricky. Feels does not true. feel right to me. Ricky. No, not Pete. Ricky. I will say my objection on the record. Okay. It's probably it's not. Pete. It's Lily and... Ricky. I can see the little Lily, heart tattoo, right. but like I uh-huh. can't... Ricky. Chanterelle, a.k.a. Lily, a.k.a. Anne. I feel like she had another name. She does... Well, because she shows up an angel. Her first name. Wasn't her first name? Ricky. Uh, or was his first name Chanterelle? Yeah, no, Never mind. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't, well, that's not Ricky. Where is the Dark Age and what is your summary of this yes. episode? Mm. Um, the Dark Age is 52. And this is 80. Three. 83. Damn. So, <laughs> lower than Dark Age. I mean, dark Age is holding fair. pretty strong right to the middle. <laughs> uh, my summary is Willow gets magic high with Rack, Rex car, Don slaps Willow. Nice. <laughs> Those are the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Daniel? Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to, I hate to do this, but I have to, and I have to grade it on a curve because the last five minutes were pretty good, but I have to ignore the last five minutes and I have to go with my gut here because I gave Smash a pass and I can't let this two-parter slip by my fingers. So I'm putting it as second to last. Uh, something had to go there. Something 136 had to go there. out of 137. Uh. It is it is better. It leaps and bounds better than Killed by Death. Is it, <laughs> is it leaps and bounds better than Bad Eggs, two above it? I think so. I think it's just better because the show is better. And like I said before, Smashed had humor. This one tried to pull off the drama. And I wasn't expecting it to actually be as dramatic as it was. And then I was thinking about the the classics of a bad Buffy episode. Mm. And to me, this one has all of them. Firstly, most of our friends are not in the episode. This is a bad mm. Buffy episode. So we we lost Xander. We lost Anya, Tara. You know, we're just kind of hanging out with the same people. Even Spike was hardly in the episode, too. Yeah. I don't know. It felt weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Too heavy-handed for its own good. 
always the recipe for a bad season two episode of Buffy. Like, they're not really preaching, which is nice, but still. Okay, but we did the preaching beer is bad episode, and that was hella awesome. And that was and that was great. (laughs) Hella awesome. Hella awesome. And that is and that's traditionally considered the worst. We don't consider it that. And it is a bad episode. But bad Buffy is still great. I'm not saying bad Buffy. It means it's a bad bad episode. But it is like the recipe for. That's like true. it's either hit or miss. Um, yeah. Naturally, there is no lore, or conflicting mm-hmm. lore is is the the name of the game here, and we are yeah. confused as to what's going on, which makes a bad Buffy <laughs> episode. Generic demon, uh, which happens yeah. here mm-hmm. because the real demon is the one inside of us all along, <laughs> um, is usually a recipe for for something bad. <laughs> Awkward sexual situations that are more yeah. uncomfortable than titillating is definitely also another element of. A bad Buffy episode. Insane dialogue. Like my mom used to talk about the ditches or you smell like strawberries with insane actions that only come from the screenplay, like them walking unarmed through the empty alleyways of Sunnydale this late six years into the show is is wild to me. And like I said, visualizing the peanut butter and banana quesadilla is like too many, too many questions come up for me. And then you get bonus points for like insane direction choices, like inflating Tara's clo- clothes, the, the, the hazy drug sequence, um, to say nothing of the house that, you know, we woke up that they fucked down. Like we don't, we're not giving that a hard enough time in my opinion. Um, and then of course, like I, I think what's also really important is that there's always five minutes of every single episode of Buffy that are worth it and make every episode like vital watching because those five minutes are excellent and they're going to be necessary, maybe not to the plot or whatever, but they're going to make us love our characters or learn more about the world or something. And this had that five minutes at the end that I thought were awesome, but fuck it. It's still the second to worst <laughs> episode of Buffy of all time. Boom. Wow. I understand why you did what you did because we're getting we're getting late in the game and you got someone's got to go there. Someone has to go there. And you're going to there's a good chance you'll gamble and lose if you don't fill that spot before we get to see season 7. But there's also a chance that you done goofed. But, you know, we all yeah, It's also a chance that it is the worst episode second to worst episode is in season 7. And it could be. It could be. And I just forget that one so much that season. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. those will just be unnaturally high. So Right. Yeah, just because they have to be. They have to be. Just like Willow was tonight. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Thank go. you for that. Uh, I would ask you if you have anything else to say, but how are you going to top that? That's great. I can't. Great idea. <laughs> Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode? No, that was perfect. Well, uh, I hope that you still want to join us next time for Gone. Maybe it'll be better than this one. I don't know. Again, Buffy's invisible. She cuts her hair. She gets a breakup haircut. You know, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. But uh, until then, Stasia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. That's what this was about? Doing a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice callback. You see what he did there? You see what he did there? That's good. Great job. Great job. We're professionals. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Join us for Gone. Okay, bye. What is this? Is that what you think it is? It's Sage. I'm sorry, but this is pointless. Running your car into a tree is an accident. Running your fist into somebody's face is a plan. Please explain this to me. Well, that's not Ricky.
sorry. No, that's fair. I was a rat.